With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Authentic You Radio, and thank you for joining us today on Living Astrology, where we are tapping into the magic of the cosmos for practical guidance and wisdom with your host, Janet Hickox, intuitive astrologer and numerologer. everybody and welcome to Living Astrology. I'm your host Janet Hickox and I'm joined today by my guest Brenda Hoffman and we're going to be embarking on a wonderful discussion today about the new astrology and how we can frame astrology now given that we're sort of entering into a new paradigm, a new age and a whole set of new um, energies and beliefs that we have to work with. But before we get to that, we're going to go through our usual what's up in the stars, uh, because there's a lot going on. Uh, I uh, last week spent a lot of time talking to all of you about Mercury going retrograde and that we were in the shadow period. If you'll recall, it goes retrograde June 26th and stays that way till July 30th. And so I would bet that you, um, most of you, if not all of you, are having computer issues, communication issues, maybe transportation issues. I seem to be having all of them. Uh, then again, I am a Gemini, and so, of course, my ruling planet, Mercury, uh, affects me every time. Uh, but this week, we have some other really interesting things. Today, for example, is uh, the, the day of the solstice. The summer solstice, for those of us on the West Coast, we enter into that at 10.04 p.m. this evening. And that makes this the longest day of the year or the shortest night of the year, whichever way you want to to talk about it. And um, before we get to what that means for all of us, uh, we also had another planet that maybe some of you aren't really aware of called Chiron. Chiron is the wounded healer. And in our chart, it tends to show us the place where we have a wound uh, and where we need to enact some form of healing for ourselves. And then once we have gotten to that wound and we can enact some healing, uh, where we are also in a position to become the teachers of others who also carry similar wounds. And that planet went retrograde on the 16th. And, you know, uh, we talked last week, I think, too, about Neptune going retrograde and how uh, it was a very powerful time once that particular planet went retrograde, and it's in Pisces, and Chiron is also in Pisces. And these two, Chiron and Neptune, have been sort of traveling very close together over the last couple of years, and almost by um, virtue of the power that they have in that particular sign, have really been opening us up to recognize what has been wounding us, and uh, you know, fairly begging for us to just get to the depths and bring those things up and be able to transmute the energy so that we can become uh, our genuine, authentic selves. And I know that isn't a very comfortable time uh, for a lot of us because anytime we have to look at our stuff, um, it can be very uncomfortable. A lot of times we don't want to look at it, so we ignore it. But I guarantee you that at this point in time with Chiron now retrograde and Neptune retrograde, Mercury going retrograde, we're not going to be able to hide that stuff from ourselves anymore. So it's time to just open up that wound and let it all come out uh, and then begin the healing process of it. And that particular planet is retrograde until November 19th, and so it will also turn back to direct motion at the same time that Neptune is going to. So again, these two moving in the same direction and sort of hanging out with each other, bringing these things up and allowing for us to heal. And then if you'll remember back at the spring equinox, I uh, told you all that I always draw up a chart 
and that chart is the representation of the energies for the day of the solstice or the equinox. And it gives us an idea of what the energies are that are available to us during this time period and some of the likely uh, things that we might be experiencing. And uh, so uh, I drew up a chart this morning of what the summer solstice would bring to us, and I was I was not surprised by this, but you all may be surprised, or maybe not, depending on how uh, your lives have been rolling along. But there is an inordinate number of planets and points in water signs for this particular solstice. And the water signs are about our emotions and our connection to our higher selves or to our more intuitive selves. And so this particular summer solstice seems to be pointing us in a direction of being more authentic with our feelings and our emotions, learning how to express them, maybe even actually identifying what it is we are feeling, and then being able to understand that it's not only you that's going through this, that your fellow human beings are also uh, being affected by these same emotions, and being learning to express what you're feeling in a positive way. Uh, and not in, in a destructive or in a negative way. So that's the big thing that I noticed uh, in this particular chart. I drew up the chart for the West Coast, of course, so you can, uh, if it's 10.04 p.m. on Pacific Daylight Time, uh, that makes it something like uh, 1 in the morning for the East Coast. And so uh, you'll all be asleep, hopefully, at the time that the, the solstice comes in. But I would bet that we've also been feeling, all of us, a sort of change in uh, the atmosphere, if you will, as a lot of the planets were already starting to pile up in water signs. And last week we did talk about the Grand Water Trine that was basically going to be in effect through um, through the entire month of uh, July. And when you have a setup like that, a configuration where you have the ease of energy flowing between planets in the same signs, um, it tends to bring up a lot of ability for us to become much more in tune, in this case, with our inner selves and with our higher knowing, and also to be able to work with emotions in a much more positive way. In fact, in this particular um uh, solstice setting, there's only two planets in air and one planet in fire and one planet in earth. So that's relatively few considering the total number of planets and points that we use in, in charts. And a lot of that energy seems to be centered in the sign of cancer. As the sun is moving into cancer um, at 10.04 this evening and Jupiter will be moving into cancer next week, and then Lilith is already in Cancer, Mercury's in Cancer, Venus is in Cancer, and Ceres is in Cancer. And Cancer is a sign of home and family and traditions, and also the sign of the more feminine energies, the more feeling, intuitive, receptive energies. And so we start out the summer uh, with the preponderance of that water energy being in Cancer, and then we have Saturn in Scorpio, the another water sign. And then we have the Neptune Chiron planets in Pisces. So that's why we tend to have a lot of emotion going on. I was I was having a discussion with some friends yesterday and we were talking about how at this point in time there was this feeling of no feeling, um a sense of time but no time and a sense of Something's up, but there's no sense that there's anything up. It's sort of like we're feeling uh, almost adrift in a sea um, and, you know, sort of feeling like we need to protect ourselves from something, yet there's nothing physical that seems to be needing protection from. And so in, in this particular time period, it's just um, a, a better idea for all of us to be find ourselves just wherever we are, be in the present and stay present as um, any any uh, attempt to be overly emotional can really bring us to a point of being a uh, feeling um, much more disconcerted than we have been. And uh, just to to make things much more fun, this particular full moon, which is uh, coming up on the 23rd, which is Sunday, is also a supermoon. And a supermoon is essentially a moon that occurs very close to the Earth. 
and it's my understanding that this particular moon is at perigee, which means it is approaching the Earth at its very closest. And indeed, it's one of the closest approaches the moon will make for the next several years. And that makes this full moon very powerful. And the full moon is in uh, Capricorn, and that means the sun at the opposite sign of Cancer is also going to be a trigger for these very powerful emotional feelings. And, you know, Capricorn is a sign of uh, respect and uh, it's an earth sign. And so it tends to to bring us much more grounded energy. In fact, it may be the only thing at this point in time that sort of keeps us grounded on the earth. Um, And it is also a time, though, where we can really get ourselves in alignment uh, with our emotions and align our emotions with our intentions and then move ourselves in the direction uh, of success for ourselves, whatever that means for you personally. And a full moon, of course, is a time of release and a time of bringing things to completion. So bringing all of these pieces together so that you can let go of whatever is standing in your way and uh, healing whatever it is that needs to be healed because there seems to be a sense over the next few months that we are, if we if we intend something and we want to move in a certain direction, we can no longer do that with these um, old pieces of baggage hanging on to our, our, our past. And uh, letting go of those things is going to enable us to move forward with clear energy and a very clear and focused attention or intention uh, will get us there. So today uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things, sort of the the idea of what a new paradigm brings, what a new age brings, and then how do we position astrology in in the face of that, because as you uh, all might be aware, that astrology is a very ancient science and one of the oldest forms of divination and uh, being able to, uh, to work with people's destinies and their life paths. And what does it mean for us? Uh, now in this particular uh, day and age. And my guest today uh, is Brenda Hoffman. And I, I didn't actually know much about Brenda in the beginning, but I happened across an article that she wrote, and I, I shared that on Facebook today with everybody. So check out my Facebook page at Living Astrology uh, to see that article or go to spiritlibrary.com and look up her name. Uh, because the article was fascinating, and I just knew from the moment I read that article that I needed to uh, bring her to my listeners and uh, to share this information with you. So just a little bit of background on Brenda. She is an intuitive and has been since birth. Uh, She formalized her channeling skills with her 1989 book, A Glimpse of Your Future, This prophetic classic describes our role in this transition as well as answering questions as to what Earth will be like in the year 4000, which I found fascinating. Uh, Before she and her husband retired from the Minnesota Workaday World to South Carolina, Brenda held positions in corporate marketing, business management, and social services, and she also has a Master of Science degree in sociology. And uh, Brenda also shares her insights through her blog. It's weekly and it's channeled. And uh, you can find that blog on her website, which is www.lifetapestrycreations.com. And I would love for you all to welcome Brenda to Living Astrology. Brenda, are you there? Certainly am. And thank you for the intro. That is, um, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for being here. I've been so excited for this. I mean, I'm fairly buzzing inside. I'm not even sure how I can talk at the moment. I'm so excited. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We discovered we both have a very unique sense of humor, didn't we? I think through our emails. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, indeed. But I think, you know, what really got to me, Brenda, was that for a while I felt like I was the only one out there that had these thoughts about, um, you know, that the possibility is that I'm sharing information with people based on a, uh, an ancient model of being that is no longer working for us in the present. And when I read your article, I went, there is a, a, a spirit that I, I need to connect with because she's going to help me, you know, get this, get to the, the truth of what it is that we really need to be offering to people now. Um, so before we get, you know, into all of that, why don't you, you know, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and what your spiritual journey has been thus far and, and what you do and that kind of thing. 
Oh, sure. Is uh, perhaps my uh, most um, appropriate memory was when I was in grade school and I would take a or in high school and I'd take a multiple choice test and if I didn't know the answer, I would just think like the person who made the test and I could get inside their head and answer the question. So even though I, I always got good grades, multiple choice tests I always aced out. It was just a given. And then when I started counseling street people in Minneapolis, I could hear beyond their words. I knew what they were thinking, not only what they were saying, but what they were thinking and um why they were having the the chaos or traumatic issues that they were having. And when I um, asked my coworkers, they really didn't know what I was talking about. So putting those kinds of pieces together, I started thinking maybe I'm getting information that other people don't necessarily <laughs> gather so, so clearly or easily. And... Um, then I guess I, as I, as you already said, I formalized my my intuitive channeling skills with a glimpse of your future. That was one day I just heard in my head, uh, you will write a book. And so, being the uh, researcher that I am, I immediately thought I should go to the library and maybe find out hieroglyphics or something and discover how to. And needless <laughs> to say, it just I was just I was asking everybody, well, what do you think if it's ancient information? How do you think I'm going to gather it? And what happened is. Is uh, they just said today we'll start. We practiced for like ten days, and then it was today we'll start our book. And you, you have a copy of it. It was uh, yes. every day. Yeah, I handwritten ten pages that I killed a hundred and twenty-eight k mac on when I was. Reading <laughs> oh <it>. my god! <laughs> and since then, I've um, channeled some e-books, but the most fun I'm having right now, Janet, is offering my free blog, and I also have a, a free 15-minute blog talk radio channel. That's so fun for me because every week I get information. You already know I know very little about astrology. I'm a, a coffee table astrologer. You're the expert in the area. Right, and when right. I <laughs> when I channeled that about astrology, I thought, oh, jeez, oh, my God. Everybody's upset with me. I don't even know really what I'm talking about. But that's, I just, uh, I sit at the keyboard and I just gather the, whatever comes into my head, I I type, and that's the blog for the week. And that week happened to be about astrology. So um, that's Well, kind I know of where you I wrote that article just so that I would contact you, didn't you? I mean, that's I think so. I was going to say that. I thought, oh, that's <laughs> silly. <laughs> yeah, I remember. You know, it was so. It was like uh, I could just see that I needed. I needed to talk to you about this because, at and to my knowledge, nobody else had even brought this up. Um, and and I apologize if there's someone out there that knows of someone else who has, but um, you were the first one that I'd ever seen who had an inkling of the same thing that I was doing. I had even told a friend at some point. Uh, I think it was back in December when I was making a plan for you know my next year. I said, you know. I think I'm going to have to be the one that brings the new astrology out to the world, that redefines what these transits mean, you know, based against the background of a new paradigm. Um, and it was so funny because I don't even know where that came from. It just sort of showed up one day. Uh, and, of course, I have you know, no idea how to do that at this point, but I'm sure that will come because it seems so important that I do that work. Um, because so much is shifting here on the planet, right? I mean, so much. And what's happening, and, and I can channel for um, the show if you'd like, but what I really sense happening and what I channel is happening is it's going from group thought into individual directions, but that individual direction is one totality, which sounds very mm, uh, difficult perhaps to understand, but I like to think of it as, we're one human, and I'm of the fingernail cells, and you're probably of the hair cells. So astrology can't be, oh, everybody who was born on this day will feel like this, and everyone born on this day will feel like this, because we're becoming more unique individuals, even though we're going in the same direction for the same purpose. And that, from what 
I've read of your materials, you understand so completely. And I don't know how many, as you already said, how many other people do, is you have a gift that is just so necessary at this time to help. I figure any information that we can gather that will help anyone understand this transition Mm -hmm. is just absolutely delightful. And you obviously, uh, if it just popped out of your mouth, that happened to me a couple times in my life, is where you said (laughs) things and you said, oh, my gosh, what did I say and why did I say that? But it's your truth, your inner truth. So. yeah, and, and, you know, that is the thing that everybody needs to be aware of, is that there's an inner truth for every person on this planet. And um, astrology, in some ways, holds the key uh, to being able to see what might unlock that, that roadmap or that path. Um, but it is shifting. And, you know, that's one of the things that I think called me to that article that you read or, or wrote, is that there is a, a shift occurring. And, you know, I I think I would like to think of astrologers as being very forward thinking and not being so uh keyed into, you know, their 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 science or their dogma that they wouldn't be able to move forward. But I remember not very long ago, um uh, I cannot remember who the author was now, but she brought up uh something about the 13th sign. And uh, I I just heard from astrologers all around about how horrible this was, that you can't just change astrology, (laughs) that there isn't a 13th sign, but in fact there is uh, a 13th sign out there. And uh, the the farther our Earth, you know, rotates and our whole solar system rotates, the the more this sign shows up on the ecliptic plane along with the other zodiac signs. And so we have to really look at what is our hesitancy to move forward uh, and to uh, be able to be flexible and adaptable with the en- with the old energies and blending them into new ones. Well, and individual people have different growth spurts. You obviously are in the forefront of change and uh, looking at astrology in new ways. Not everybody is quite at that point. So there are some people that are going to be most comfortable with the old astrology, others who are looking for information that you and others like you can provide. Uh, it's a little different than when the world was flat. You know, there were some people that said, of yeah. course the world is, is is flat, and others said, no, it isn't. It's circular. And so it's it, it you have to decide within you where you're at and who best meshes with where you're at. Um, and that's that's some astrologers astrologers rather will uh jump on the bandwagon and go for the thirteenth sign and you know, uh lately they've talked about that a Pisces isn't uh is no longer a Pisces, they might be an Aquarius, it might be something else. For some people that was exciting. For others it was terrifying. And that's yeah. it's all within you what's most right for you. And by the way, in case anyone's wondering, I'm a Pisces since you uh, announced that you were a Gemini with a Virgo (laughs) moon. So I I kind of fit into a lot of different patterns. Yeah, exactly. Um, And and the funny thing about all of this is that I'm perfectly willing to to move along with this mutable energy. Pisces is a mutable sign, Gemini a mutable sign, so we have that in common, that, you know, we can easily flow into whatever the path is in front of us, what, what seems to be coming up. And, you know, there has been so much talk about, you know, the earth, a new earth, you know, birthing a fifth dimension, moving uh, ascension, some people will call it, transformation going on. No matter what you call it and no matter uh, what it seems uh, to to land in, a fifth dimension or whatever, it, you can tell there is some very deep changes occurring on the planet. And so to me then, and and obviously to you, that astrology has to shift to move with that. And I just want to know how you see it shifting uh, because of you know, the Earth also shifting. Uh, let me just preface it, and then I'm, I'm going to go into some channeling because as I've already told you I'm a coffee ta- table astrologer, so you Correct. know much more about astrology than I do, so I'm <laughs> going to channel. Is Let's get the secret information. Um, but um, now I lost my train of thought, so let me just go into um, a, a channel and let's see what we get for how is astrology changing and why. So let me just tune in. Dear ones, 
is you are perhaps uh, uh, fearful, amazed, uh, excited, uh, all sorts of feelings of what is happening with your astrological signs, not in terms of the 12 signs that have been known, but as indicators of what path is most appropriate for you. Now, there has been much discussion and much um, talk about how um, all structures are changing. Uh, Astrology is yet another structure. Uh, Education, uh, the governments, they are all shifting dramatically. So if in, in truth astrology is a guidepost, guidelines, for uh, those of you listening to this particular show, of course the guideposts and guidelines are going to change because you are in a transition that has never before been attempted on the earth plane to this degree. Uh, a few people here and there have, uh, uh, as some people call it, ascended, have uh, uh, moved into a different place than others, but never before has a whole planet transitioned at the same time. Now, what does this mean for astrology? Uh, granted, there will be other planets. Uh, the sun will not be as it was in ancient times or even as it was 10 years ago for it is shifting and moving as is the moon. Now, those are the two uh, perhaps key indicators, if you will, in the astrology uh, sign guides in terms of what is your sun, what is your moon, and then the other planets fall into place. When those two planets shift, which they're going to do, those readings that applied to group thought for the astrology of the past has been more about group thought than individual readings. Um, People will no longer be able to um, comfortably open the newspaper and read their astrology report. Now, Janet, you already know that that probably isn't valid even today, but Many people depend on it. Oh, I'm going to have a bad day. Oh, I'm going to have a good day. Because they are part of the group thought. You see, the old age, if you wish to call it that, the old earth, is about people doing things together, about shoulds, about group thought. The new astrology, as you have already discerned, Janet, and quite quite rightly so, is no longer about group thought. Now, Many people who are comfortable with astrology will say, well, there are individual readings. But Janet, as you already know, often those individual readings are based on a book that says, because you are a Pisces, this is how you shall act. And there might be some deviation, but for the most part, this is how you are going to be and how you're going to act and react. You have long known that it is beyond that. It is... Uh, that is a guide, but there is also the inner being that is a unique individual, and that is the greatest shift of astrology. So the two key points in this particular um, piece that we are t- discussing now is the sun and moon are shifting, is, and they will shift dramatically in the next few years. That is not to be in fear. That is not to say that... Uh, you know, one of the uh, catastrophes on Earth is going to happen. Merely that as the Earth shifts on its axis, so will the moon and sun shift. It is all part of the grand scheme, and it is there's nothing to fear. The second piece is that group thought no longer applies for anything, from government to astrology. And so what you've already discerned, Janet, is the direction of astrology. It is much more individualized. It is a combination of astrology and individual direction and individual thought. And also, in a sense, now this is in a sense, there will be more virtual reality in the uh, astrological projections. You know, rather than saying, well, you are a Pisces, so... If you do this, most likely this will happen. If you fall in love with a Scorpio, most likely this will happen. 
Instead, it will be, Brenda, if you do this, this is most likely what will happen. It might not happen to anyone else, but these are your virtual reality capabilities. What feels most comfortable for you? Think about it. Maybe we can discuss it next week. Maybe we can discuss it some other time. Maybe you want to do this on your own. But these are the indicators for you and you alone. Very good. That's a very good point because I know when I do readings with people or individuals, um, and people have told me often that I'm channeling when I do it because I cannot do it as, uh, you know, oh, you have Venus and Taurus and this means this. I just can't bring myself to do it that way. To me, it's almost like, and this is how I view our um, what, what you're talking about, about group mind, is that it's like looking at a kaleidoscope or looking through into a kaleidoscopic picture and you see all these little fractals and pieces, yet there is one whole picture, but there's so many little pieces that make up that picture. And so if that's the case, then when when I do a reading for a Piscean, I can't just do it as if, you know, everybody born that same day at that same time has that same picture. It just doesn't work. You have a different piece of that picture. You know, you're part of the whole, but you're individualized within the whole. I think that's what I hear you um, saying or I hear you, you know, bringing in from your, your channeled sources there. Yes, yes, but it is even deeper, and you are already doing it, but you don't quite understand what you are doing. The deeper piece <laughs> is that you are bringing the different entities, beings that are part of Brenda into your channeling. So you are using a variety of resources. If you wish to call it, you're going to the library and you're using many resource books instead of just one. In the past, most often, astrology was one resource book. Even though there might be uh, ten astrology books used, in essence it was, if you are a Pisces, this is what is going to happen with the moon and Taurus, that, that kind of thing. What you are already doing but you don't understand is you are broadening your resource base, and that is what is happening. You are at the forefront of the new astrology. And we will tell you that what you are doing now, you will soon jump beyond that, and then beyond that, and then beyond that. You know, uh, think of it in terms of you are a first grader and you can read a Dick and Jane uh, run down the hill, and then by the time you're in the third grade, you can actually read uh, books with paragraphs. And then by the time you graduate from high school, you can uh, read Shakespeare or whatever you wish. That is what is happening to you right now, Janet, because this is somewhat of a channel for you, but also for other astrologers who wish to move in that path. Now, there's one caveat we must, we must, we must reiterate that is extremely important. If you are an astrologer and you are not interested in shifting or changing, you are not a bad person, you are not a slow learner. There are many people that are wanting or that need the information you have to provide. We are merely saying some people will expand their horizons. Uh, you, If you just want the one resource book, tomorrow you might expand your horizons. You might never. But then yeah. there are some people that are never going to expand their horizons either. So no one is uh, great and the others are mediocre. It is more about each of you listening to your inner voice and moving with it. Janet, as a Gemini, there's no possible way for you to stay with one resource book. That is not possible. No. You must expand your knowledge base. And uh, Brenda has much of the same within her. You know, it is bring it on, come on in. New earth, new age, new thoughts, bring it in. Not everybody is like that. Yes, and they are not bad people. They are merely listening to their inner beings. Yes, are there questions? Right. Thank thank you. That's that's a really good point because we are all, you know, individuals running at a different pace and and so forth and it it doesn't make anybody wrong. Absolutely. Um now I know that uh readings 
you know, are shifting and that there seems to be um, certain uh, signs that ha- seem to have the light workers in them. Can you speak to that, you know, in, in um in terms of what signs te- seem to to have the light worker energy carried with them? Well, you've already uh somewhat outlined it at the beginning of the show is uh right now the water signs will be more alert. But as we just stated with astrologers is it does not the sign is not of a particular importance. It is how open you are to new thoughts, new processes. There are going to be many Capricorns who are excited about the possibilities, and there will be many Pisces who wish to run into a corner and hide their heads and not know anything that is happening. But for the next few months, just because the water signs are... Uh, dominant, if you will, right now, uh, those will be the people that will gather the information perhaps a bit um, quicker than others, but not necessarily so. So uh, to make a very long answer quite short, there is no one particular sign that is uh, more of new earth or um, uh, more of a learning capability than any other. It is merely what you decided before coming to earth what piece you wanted to play. So that is more important than your astrological sign. Yes. Absolutely. I agree. But I do I do also agree that it seems like at least this coming season, summer, um, that it is the water signs that are going to carry uh, a lot of the energy that brings forth new ideas and, you know, new processes um, that have a lot of growth. Uh, not that other signs will not be growing. Please don't don't take that and and think that that's not true either. It just seems like though, and, and we all carry water in our charts, and wherever you have those water signs, seems to be the areas that will be expanding. And really, an astrologer, if you're a listener and you're wondering about how that affects you personally, um, that would be something an astrologer uh, can tell you about. You know, where are, are is that grand trine for the summer happening in your chart? because that really tells you what areas are, are, are expanding and what, where the maybe emotional stumbling blocks are even in the way. So contact an astrologer. Um, believe me, I, I do readings like this all the time, and you are free to contact me uh, and try to get that, that question answered for you. Um, now, uh, Brenda... There's, there's one other piece, if possible, that we would like sure. to add. Um do you notice the grand plan, the grand scheme of this transition? Think how more difficult it would be for Earth signs to move through the peace that is happening in the next few months than water signs. Do you, do you see how the grand plan works so gloriously so that the water signs can perhaps gather more information so that by the time the earth signs are more intrigued with it, there are already answers and directions. Do you see? Yes. Yeah, actually, I do see that. That's pretty cool <laughs> to think about it that way. Um, yes. Because some of the signs are definitely more resistant to change um, or are needing a little more um, information before they can do that. So that makes yes. perfect sense to me. Yes. Perfect it sense. Is, yes, uh, the, the torchbearers, not the overall light workers or advanced light workers or way showers. But for the next few months, the the water signs will gather information a bit more quickly than some other signs. Yes. Right. Very good. Very good point. Now, for my listeners today, we're not really going to be doing any chart readings, but if you have questions about astrology, uh, what it means uh, in a new astrology, a new paradigm, uh, feel free to give us a call at 877 zero three four five and get yourself into the queue and the producers will let me know that you have a question and we will be happy to answer questions for you um in the meantime uh i want to go to what probably intrigued me the most of the questions that um uh brenda had wanted to talk about today and that is why are there fewer cesarean births than was true in the recent past and I'm dying to know the answer to this because I had four C-sections. All four of my kids were born that way. Uh, what's going on there? Uh, that's pretty funny because um, 
just glanced down and I thought, oh, that would be an interesting thing to talk about. So, And you picked up on that, or I picked up on you, one of the two. <laughs> let, me, let me go back into channeling, because, again, what medical knowledge do I have? Let me see what I can Who get. knows, right? <laughs> Is, dear ones, uh, the cesarean births were important for a period of time so that more entities could come to Earth during this major transition. And so they didn't have the deep attachments to family. Uh, that is not to say they were aliens or orphans as much as to say it would be easier for them to move into new structures, new life, new being, if they didn't have the familial shoulds deeply tied to them. Oh. Now, that is not to say, again, they are not close to their family, but rather there isn't the very, very deep familial background that people not born with C-sections uh, have. Uh, for example, if you would do an astrological study, you will find that those born of non-C-sections uh, have closer astrological ties than those born with C-sections, you know, sometimes it is when the doctor's on vacation or whenever it is, works out best for the parent's work schedule or whatever, rather than, ah, there are three Virgos in the family and, and the child is a Capricorn or a Virgo. Do, do you see what we are saying? So it somewhat um, deadened, if you and deadened isn't the correct word, but um, uh, reduced the familial connections, which, of course, then in turn just uh, the children would have to work through those familial actions also rather than starting anew. Yes. Did that answer your question? Uh, yes, it did. I, I find that fascinating because, um, you know, having had four C-sections myself, wondering what it was that, that was that trigger that created that issue for me. But, you know, knowing I had this job I agreed to do, to bringing, you know, these little souls into the planet, which are, by the way, all grown souls now, but but they were little at one point in time. Um, and But I really did feel like um, there had been an agreement to do it just that way, to bring them in. And uh, I noticed then that one of my daughters has uh, four children of her own now, and all four of them are Scorpios, all four of them. I mean, what are the odds? That's got to be astronomical that out of, you know, four pregnancies, all four kids would come in and be Scorpios. Were they C-sections? No, they came in. I know. And and were, were they, was your daughter or is your daughter a Scorpio? No, she's a Sagittarian. And uh, her husband is a Taurus, so it was an oh. interesting, um, just, oh, it was interesting. an interesting dynamic to watch happen. And uh, it, uh, the one, the, her very last baby, he was just born in October. Uh, he was born October 23rd. I mean, virtually just hours into Scorpio, uh, like zero degrees, like ten seconds uh, into Scorpio. Almost like you know, he was just determined himself not to come until he was a Scorpio. And I was just about laughing myself silly, thinking this poor girl with these four Scorpios, she's outnumbered, outclassed. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 you don't even want to go there. But is my <laughs> father, my sister, and myself all have uh, moons in Virgo. Oh, my goodness. And I have the moon in Virgo as well, which can drive me crazy at times. So I well, can't even imagine. I... I <laughs> I'm not worried about me. It's the people around me. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. I'm doing. I'm just fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to. Um, I wanted to talk too about. You know, what are some of what are some of the things that I see in a new astrology? Because I think that's yes. an important thing to let listeners know. And I yes. think the very first thing that ever came to me was that the uh, traditional expression of what the twelfth house meant. Um, was so negative that I, I couldn't possibly deal with that. And so the traditional meaning of the 12th house is that of the hidden, of the of subconscious patterns, self-sabotage, limitations, and also the place where um, you would tend to be in a literal prison, literal or figurative prison. 
And uh, I, I kept looking at that in people's charts. And, you know, and I knew that by birth I had the sun and Mercury in the 12th house. And so I, had, I wanted to really see what, how did that stand up to a test of um, all the t- people that I've done who's, you know, had, had pieces of their roadmap in that 12th house. And it turns out that in, um, in my estimation, in a new astrology, the 12th house is really about what things, devices that you have used as a soul to hide your divinity from yourself Ooh. and uh, the truth of who you are. And that once you are able to see that some of the things that you've used, um, you know, fears, blocks, limits, that kind of thing, once you remove those, then the truth of the 12th house comes out, and that is that you're a divine being and that you're here on a planet to uh, shine your light as bright as you possibly can. It, you know, it reminds me of it as being a kid, and I'm not particularly religious, but I, I was a Lutheran at one point and learned this song so about you know, <laughs> hiding your light under a bushel. Oh, my gosh, see, we have a lot in common. Hiding your light under a bushel, right, and then you're you know, supposed to be removing it, let your light shine. And that's what that 12th house to me is all about. It's not about the prison. It's not about the limits. It's about using those things to hide from yourself the truth of who you are. And I, I almost exclusively, every person that I've talked to about that gets that the minute I say it. They absolutely get it. It's almost like a release for them in that, oh, my gosh, I'm not under this cloud. Um, you know, and the fact that I, I sometimes need to withdraw or, you know, be quiet or peaceful uh, or away from things and retreat isn't about me being bad or not good enough. It's about what I need to be able to recharge my light because that light is shining so brightly. And... um or that it needs to be shining so brightly. And it just changed fundamentally the whole scope of the the chart for me. And the, even in my own life, being able to see how how different that can mean now uh, as, it, as it meant uh, something different for people in the past. And there's also the sense that there are other um, pieces to the puzzle besides the the nine planets that, that we use. And, you know, as we've learned more about the solar system and the space around us, you know, different bodies have been discovered. For example, Eris, uh, an asteroid that was actually reclassified as a dwarf planet, uh, Ceres, also a dwarf planet, mm-hmm. a black moon Lilith, and uh, Chiron, of course, was only recently was discovered in 1977, so it's not even been around that long. Uh, in our consciousness. And so now, you know, part of my attempt at new astrology is to integrate these newer pieces and how do they play out, you know, and how how can we use those to um, align ourselves, you know, with a new paradigm or a new earth, if you will. And it's been really interesting to see how those open up people's lives as well. And that's not something your traditional astrologers really will look at. I think uh, more and more people are looking at those pieces, but... Um, it, it hasn't. It's not part of the actual reading that anybody uses. So that's another piece that I'm I'm picking up as in uh, a direction to take things. And um, more recently, too, looking at um, the possibility that even even the, uh, the 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 houses and the things that are assigned to those houses could be different. They are. So it's yeah and. Mm-hmm. People just, uh, you you have to go with that individual, you know, who's in front of you and uh, what is it that, you know, they need to hear in order to move forward in their lives. And I think if I were to use just the traditional pieces, the traditional, um, uh, you know, things that you can read about a person that has a certain aspect in their chart, it limits us too much. And so we have to be able to move. Everything else is moving, so why not astrology too? <laughs> well, and that it's yet another structure. Whether we like it or not, education is a structure. Business is a structure. All the structures are coming apart and being reformed. Uh, it's happened in history before, but never to this degree and never in such a short time period. And a lot of people are going to be very frightened not because they have to be, but change is never easy for humans. And this is not about you're changing communities. You're changing lives. And that that is where astrology 
is going to to help people walk through the landfills, that is a change in life that quickly because what was important 10 years ago will not be important 10 years from now. That's how quickly it's changing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think some of the pieces that I've added in, for example, I had uh, Laura Walker from the Oracle Report on a a few weeks back. She's actually been on a couple of times. And she, you know, virtually wrote the book on Black Moon Lilith and Mm -hmm. identified it early on as our shadow, you know, the part of us that we don't quite want to own. And uh, it's absolutely a brilliant uh, work that she, she has done on this. And I use that every reading that I do with people, even if it's just a short reading. That's almost one of the first places I'm looking now. What is your shadow? Because if you can identify your shadow and empower yourself to to look at it, to make peace with it, to own it, then the rest of your life seems to start to open up. And I've seen it so many times now that uh, there's no way you're going to convince me not to use that piece. (laughs) And and what is this transition that everybody's talking about, including me, new age? It's moving from fear to love. So, of course, you would look at the shadow side. That's their fearful side. That's everyone's fearful side. How can you move into love when you're still enmeshed in fear? That's logical. Right, absolutely. And I just love that whole idea of being open enough to look at that. You know, what is that? And um, it's kind of funny because the shadow itself, uh, almost everybody I've used it with, at first they don't get it. And then you see, the more you start working with it, you start to see the light. You know, you you hear it in Mm -hmm. their voices. They start to recognize where that's playing out in their life. And I've had many of the people that I've done readings for over the past six months you know, write me back or call me back and say, Janet, you just wouldn't believe how this has changed my life. And, um, you know, just being able to know this information and then to see it in operation so that they can move forward and and uh, use the shadow as opposed to being the victim of it kind of thing. So and empowering themselves, right, to move. Just think of the uh, gift that you're... Hello? Is just think yep. of the gift that you're giving to others because... People can't start loving themselves until they love every aspect of themselves, and that's what you're doing for others, and that's the piece about moving from fear to love. Loving yourself is number one. Then you can expand love to others. Right, absolutely. And, um, you know, even some of the old things, like Saturn is another one that, of course, you know, we um, as astrologers always you know, like to look at Saturn as the stern, taskmaster kind mm-hmm. of um, piece. But I'm learning, even for my own self, that Saturn is um, really about how we can keep ourselves from uh, just, you know, coloring outside of the line so far uh, that mm-hmm. we, 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 get, we lose sight of what it was we were trying to do in the first place. And so in that respect, it's not really... Uh, you know, a taskmaster that, you know, is beating down the door. It's really a guide, kind of a wise man, wise man, that can uh, help you guide yourself, focus your energy uh, in a direction that allows for growth, uh, that is measured and is uh, sustainable, right? It's all about being sustainable because we can see, you know, what growth on this planet has done, you know, if, when it wasn't sustainable, and and then the same thing happens to us human beings. If we don't stay, you know, within some sort of boundaries, then, you know, we we risk, you know, losing everything. And well, so, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say is one time I, I gave a friend of mine a, a deck of uh, tarot cards, and she pulled up death, and she didn't want to have anything to do with them. And Saturn is a similar kind of, thought process where it's not bad it's just a change it's just a shift or in Saturn's case as you said you give some kind of form you know if everybody was going around in Neptune all day long it would be <laughs> it would be kind of an amorphous kind of, of of earth and so it's a balance yin and yang it works yeah, yeah absolutely because of course we need Neptune to bring us to that place of unconditional love and to be able to see ourselves in a higher pers- or from a higher perspective, um, but if you are always falling into a Neptunian fog, you can never see anything. Exactly. So 
it's just really, it, it, this is a, a spherical science, I call this one, um, because yes. each planet has, uh, and each piece, asteroid planet, dwarf planet, um, has so much color and definition and uh, different meanings for people. And it's really very beautiful to think of it in a uh, uh, an ascended way. Uh, what do I mean by that? In, in a from a higher perspective, you know, to elevate your thinking about the whole science in particular, uh, and see how each of those pieces can really elevate the person that you're working with. That's what I really love about it. Is how can I elevate somebody's um, perspective on themselves and on their lives, and well, make them I see find- the beauty. What I find fascinating about you is very few people who have been in hard sciences, as you have, chemistry, biology, and that kind of thing, can in turn jump in and find numerology and astrology fascinating. So you, just by your very nature, combine different fields, different interests, the yin and the yang, the Saturn and the Neptune, quite easily because you can see the value in both. And right. and yep. I've um, my husband is is a, a scientist also, and I can see the beauty in that. I just am not that interested in that area. But it's that same kind of thing. Is there aren't any terrible fields? There aren't any terrible signs? There aren't any terrible planets? It's just a learning field, right? Something that but you, you know what from. it is about science. Science helps me see the magic that is our world. Um, if I took everything as hardcore in science, like I need proof and I need, you know, this, 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 uh, and then I'll believe it, uh, then I would be in trouble. But to me, what it does is opens doors and makes things magical. Um, I, I'm not sure how I came about that. You know, science to me was just something I loved and I wanted to follow. Uh, but I knew once I got into studying it that I could never do with it uh, what the typical person would be, you know, working in a lab or teaching biology or chemistry and that. But I loved every minute of learning those things, and I love every minute of what I do now. <laughs> so it's maybe because I'm a Gemini, I don't know. But we are getting very close to the end of our show, Brenda, and I want you to be able to share with our listeners where they can find your blog and, and where they can listen to or, or view your, your little 15-minute video. So can you give us that information? Sure, real quick, is um, my blog is free, and it's at www.lifetapestrycreations.com. It's a free channel blog. Um, I'm also on Spirit Library every week. Um, And my 15 minutes, it's another blog talk radio show. Uh, I just channel for 15 minutes uh, once a week, and that's at uh, blogtalkradio.com. backslash Brenda a hyphen Hoffman and uh, that's free also is I just love sharing my channels with whoever is interested so feel free to tune in or read at my blogs and it's it's all available to anyone who is interested that's very awesome thank you and I absolutely every time I open up my spirit library email the first thing I look to see is if your picture's in it <laughs> And if so, then I'm sure that's the article I'm going to read first. So oh, it's very you. interesting, listeners. Uh, she always has some very interesting information in them. And uh, Brenda, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm going to have you on thank here you. again. I'm very certain of it because I just love talking to you about this kind of information. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and listeners, next week my guest is going to be Cleo Buffew, and she and I are going to be talking about the Akashic Records, and she will indeed be doing intuitive readings for uh, for my callers. So if you would like to have an intuitive reading, next week is the time to do it. Um, you just call in to the 877-296-0345 and uh, let the producer know that she would like a reading, and we will do that for you. And guess what? This time around, my show actually falls on the 4th of July, and I am going to be talking to an astrologer, Nick Dagenbest, who, um, in my mind, has the best information out there on the chart of the United States of America. And so even though that show will not be live, it will be available for you to listen to uh, on July 4th. So please think about doing that. And if anybody needs a reading, please, please, please contact me at Janet 
at living-astrology.com. Thank you again, Brenda, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in. And everyone, have a stellar week. Thank you for joining us today on Living Astrology. You can reach Janet for readings at www.living-astrology.com or by email at janet at living-astrology.com. Do you have questions about how astrology works or questions about your own chart? Send them to me at dearastro at living-astrology.com. One show each month will be dedicated to answering your questions. Goodbye for now and have a stellar week. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.